than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Put it on the poll at Lebitard Show. When you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing you think of bursting. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. This is Kyler. Uh, I've got Cole here with me. Josh is taking a sabbatical. Uh, another one uh, he's always on vacation as you know today we're going to talk a lot about the olympics if anybody knows where the hell to watch and please let us know we've got some trade rumors from all different sports we've got some questions about the cowboys they look great about cole's packers about deshaun watson a lot of people have questions about deshaun watson even the legal system but before we get to all that make sure you follow us on our social media pages at sports that is the uh, Twitter page. You'll find all of our quotes, all of our clips there. Episode info. Make sure you follow us there. Retweet all of that. Make sure you stay tuned in. Follow us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're subscribed, liked, so you're updated as soon as the episodes drop. And remember, no hard feelings, because one of us is likely to burst your bubble. It sounds better when we edit it. Hey, you're good, man. I wouldn't be able to get all that information down. You got anything you're reading? No, you're just straight off the top. Yeah. Damn. Um, Cole, USA basketball. So we dropped another one yesterday to, to uh, France. So France is a good team. France is Rudy Gobert. France has Nicholas Batum. They also have another guy. I'm blanking on his name, but they have a good guard. Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier. He's a, he's a really good really good NBA guard. They said it in the press conference after. They're, they have the better players. We have the better team. Is that, is that the truth? Yeah, I mean, uh, 100%. Those dudes have been playing together for like the last, I don't know, 10 years now going on it they've got the defensive player of the year every year it seems like uh rudy gobert really shuts those dudes down uh especially with you know i saw a report last night that i I don't know if it's just made up and now you're getting all the frustration because those guys are really getting judged but uh you know the players are tired of running greg popovich's system uh you know they don't want to run the spurs offense i don't really know how much truth there is to that but uh I could see how that, you know, the Spurs is a very unselfish type thing. And that's one thing about the Olympics is you got to put your egos aside. And you look at that roster from bottom to top. There's definitely a few things you, you see with the media clips on the side. You've got, uh, you know, Bam and KD going back and forth. And they so he's got problems there. A lot of team cohesiveness that I don't feel like is really ironed out and uh, maybe so- a little bit of bad blood. We're running out of time. I mean, do you think we have time to iron out that bad blood? Do you think we have time to get get everything uh, kind of, you know, lined now, up so, like, for the medal games? No, honestly, like, uh, I saw something last night, Patrick Ewing. He said, he said, you know, uh, the Dream Team kind of set the standard back in 92, and that's whenever professional players were allowed to actually start playing. And he said the rest of the world actually caught up. And I think that that's true, you know, like, I don't think anybody's necessarily afraid of America anymore because we've got so many international players. You know, they, they've grown the game. Like, you know, the best player in the league now, Giannis, is he's international. So, uh, you know, you got Luca, you've got Giannis. Forever it was Dirk. And then, uh, you know, they wanted Yao to be that guy, but Yao wasn't him. Uh, yeah, then, I was uh, just going to say, Luca dropped 48 last night. And uh, we'll, exactly. wel- we'll welcome in now. Shane is joining us. Uh, Make sure you're following him at Fantasy BYB. You, uh, you know him from his previous appearances here on the Burst of Rebel podcast. You know him from Twitter. Shane, what's up, buddy? How are you today? What's up, guys? Just trying to squeeze this in in between, uh, you know, a little bit of work and whatnot. So sorry about being late hopping on, but uh, excited to get talking about this. Yeah, that, that game uh, last night, a little uh, 
little deflating seeing us really just lack someone taking over the game and saying, you know, let's roll. I think Booker, you know, shooting one for six, it's just weird seeing him, you know, not try to kind of make something happen there. KD was pretty nonchalant. And, I mean, Cole, you were you were kind of hitting it on the head as far as just not being a unit. I mean, Fournier literally said, yeah, they might be better individually, but when it comes to being a team, like, that's where we feel like we got them. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of teams are across the world feel that way about the USA, and uh, especially when you look at teams like France. I mean, that's going to be – I'm sorry, not France. We played them last night. A team like Spain, who we've – we play a tough gold medal game against Spain every year or every Olympics. So, I mean, yep. especially this year, it's going to be – it's going to be a really tough uh, – the African countries too now, Slovenia – if you any team with Luka Doncic on the court, you you've got a tough matchup ahead of you. No doubt. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, we make it to the least bracket play. I think we'll. I'm just, I'm still predicting a gold medal. How about you, Cole? I just I, I can't. I think I still have a little bit of that Thunder disdain. But uh, any team that's led by KD, I'm not. You know, I'm not going rolling with. I I don't feel as though. Uh, I, I think that he's probably the most talented person I've ever seen play basketball. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, but. You can't – and the one thing is, is when he first came in, his defense was not as, like, solid. He went and perfected that, and that's whenever he took over his MVP. Like, you watch his defensive numbers go up. And him and Russell, like, they you know, they used to full-court press people together. And then, uh, you know, like, his leadership, though, is just what's really killed me. And him not taking over, like Shane said, somebody taking over him. You know who I thought was going to take over? It was Dame. I literally thought Damian Lillard was about to just come in and say, like, this is why I am Damian Lillard when this is mine. Or Tatum. I thought this was going to be Tatum's big breakout platform. Well, I think that that's where KD's, like, I think KD just is stepping into that. And I I didn't watch the game. Like, I didn't watch the one they lost just the other night but against France. But uh, I watched the one, the the very first one, and it was not. Not getting much better, and same thing with Donovan Mitchell too. I mean, he's just not stepping up. None of these players are like you like 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 you did say, attributing that to the Spurs' offense. Maybe they're not really being given that opportunity to get into their rhythm that they're that they're used to, to getting the amount of shots that they're used to, getting the amount of touches that they're used to. So something we'll have to keep, definitely keep our eyes on moving forward. Um, something else we're gonna have to keep our eyes on moving forward. Ben Simmons. So trade rumors are flying all over the place for Ben Simmons. Five different teams have come out. Cleveland, Indiana, Minnesota, Sacramento, and Toronto. Two of those teams really intrigue me. That's Sacramento and that's Toronto. I would love, love, love to see Buddy Heald on the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how all these trade rumors go. I never really know what's going to happen until we see the draft play out. I think these teams still kind of want to see. But, I mean, with all the picks – that are able to be moved. I, I I don't know where Ben's gonna end up. I, it's tough to see because what team is gonna want to give up a ton for a player that really doesn't offer any outside scoring? Kind of limits your offense and what you can do. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like anyone's gonna want uh, that big of a guy that can run point, but I think you know how he limits you on the offensive end. I don't know how much teams are actually gonna be willing to give up for him. Especially with the way that the league's going, you know, like, I mean, it's uh, it's all perimeter, pace and space, shooting. And uh, I think that the team that's like a dark horse, really, though, is the Timberwolves. Yeah. I think that the Timberwolves could really make a push strictly because they all have that Mount Verde connection. You know, D'Angelo Russell, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and uh, Ben Simmons, they all are best friends, and they all went to Mount Verde. 
Would it, and would it take Anthony Edwards? Not, see, and that's where I think that you get stuck on this is like, because who goes where? You Because you're moving pieces, and yeah. Timberwolves are not getting rid of Anthony Edwards. And I don't think the Raptors are going to get rid of Pascal Siakam, and that's what that's what the Philadelphia 76ers are asking for. So that that's where you get like these, uh, you know, and Morey, he's the guy to unload the war chest if you want him to. Yeah. Like, he's already done it with the Rockets, and he'll do it with the 76ers as well. But uh, I don't know. That's where you get these moving pieces. They, they just don't match up. And so I think that's why we're, like, at a stalemate right now. Somebody's going to have to give, and somebody's going to have to hope that prospects pan out. Definitely. Uh, another – some more trade rumors. Chandler Jones, and y'all, y'all two will know more about this. Uh, he requests a trade from the Cardinals. Uh, of course, he's the, uh, the brother of famed GOAT of the UFC, John Jones. So Chandler Jones, he's a little past his prime, but still, I mean, he's a very solid uh, – he's, he's a linebacker, right? Yep. Yeah, so he, yep, OLB. So, yeah, so he's still he's still a very solid contributor for any team out there. So where, where do you guys think he could end up? Uh, yeah, I think the Ravens would still make sense. I know that they drafted uh, Ojolari late in the first and added some pass rushing pieces, but they still are pretty uh, in need of, I think, one more guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Actually, the Chargers, you saw them lose Melvin Ingram. Uh, they didn't – an outside rusher early in the draft. They really still kind of need that guy opposite Joey Bosa. Um, Chandler Jones is 31 years old, so he'd kind of be a, you know, plug-and-play guy for a year or two. But I think that the Chargers are a team that could use him. The Ravens are a team. I'm looking for one of those kind of outside shot uh, Super Bowl teams that are looking to take that next step I think would be a really good fit there. You know, I saw that the the trade request was actually like earlier this off season, and mm. I don't know how much they shopped it, but I really feel as though if Bill knew about it, would Bill had given Matthew Judon the contract he gave Matthew Judon, or would Bill rather have given up a third round draft pick for a guy you know who he knows who played in his system, thrived in his system, and he traded off to Arizona what six years ago now? Yeah. Right. I really, I really feel as though that would have been a great one for, with the Patriots. Also, another one is if I'm the Titans and Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel played with Chandler Jones when Chandler Jones was a rookie, and so a part of those Super Bowl teams. So, if I'm Mike Vrabel, I know what I'm getting. I would not have gone and got Bud Dupree. Like, you know, you just went and spent a ton on Bud Dupree. I would have went and got Chandler Jones, which would have been what I'm looking for Bud Dupree is younger but Bud Dupree also just tore his ACL so uh I don't know I think those two could still be in the mix uh I, I don't think that they're gonna get what they want but I don't think that he's moving honestly I think that the J.J. Watt thing he's gonna use utilize this that defense is re-upped they're going to he's gonna raise his value and then hit free agency sign one last big deal and they're gonna move on yeah I think the fact that he's just such a huge cap hit is the is the tough part too because he's owed like 14 and a half mil now I would imagine the Cardinals would take on some of that cap hit and kind of split it with whoever they're trading with but there's not a lot of teams that have 14 mil or close to that in cap and so to give up a pick or whatever else on top of taking on that cap hit uh, you know, Cole, like you're saying, it'd just be it, – it's one of those things where you're at this point in the season where teams have already kind of built out that roster. And so, it, I mean, it just seems like it would be hard to make a move for a guy with that much of a, you know, cap hit. Yeah. And the one thing is, is like Chandler Jones is a captain, so he's not a locker room plague. 
he's you know he's not a problem it's just that he wants a new deal they don't want to give him a new deal he wants a new deal and with the compensatory pick system you don't give you know you get a third round draft pick if they meet a certain criteria Chandler Jones will meet that criteria so when he leaves you'll get your third rounder so it's going to be at the back end but so what still third round pick info like that boys is the reason I have both of you on y'all just taught me a lot about that Let's talk about some quarterbacks. Now, let's start Let's start positively. The Cowboys look great. Everything I'm hearing, everything I'm seeing about the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, they all look fantastic. Am I, am I just buying into the hype? Am I buying into the social media hype? Or are the Cowboys going to be a legitimate threat this year in their division? Cole? I mean... I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest Cowboys guy. I'm not the biggest Cowboys supporter. I am a Packers fan, and uh, so I've always been had a little bit of disdain for the Cowboys. I get tired of the, oh, this is our year. But you have to respect the roster. you got to respect what they've built. Micah Parsons and uh, Jabril Cox, those two were underrated like no other draft picks. I think the Cowboys honestly had one of the best drafts uh, when you look at it. Michael Parsons is a game changer, and Jabril Cox is going to lead them in tackling So for the next six years. And, oh, by the way, you've got Jalen Smith so and Leighton Vander Esch, which Leighton Vander Esch is pretty much taking a back seat, which I don't even – that came out of nowhere. But, uh, you know, it all just depends on Dak. You know, they're getting Blake Jarwin back, OSU alum, college drinking buddy. He was awesome. But, uh, you know, Blake Jarwin, he's back. Uh, they got it. They had to shore up some things on the offensive line. They've got uh, I forget his Bites or whatever, the Wisconsin center. He's coming back, so uh, I think the Cowboys have a chance. But I'm really looking at the Giants, man. Like, where that whole that team is stacked, yeah. and if you can, the only thing that is limiting them is one coaching coach calling their call their play calling, and two Daniel Jones. Where Daniel Jones goes, they will go. And I don't think Daniel Jones is that guy. I, I really don't. He hasn't shown me anything that impresses me. He he looks at his first read. If it's not there, he tucks it and goes. And that just doesn't cut it. That's why he's got so many fumbling problems. Shane? Yeah, I just uh, – I'm worried about the Cowboys' defense. Uh, I think their offense is great. It You know, it looks like Dak's going to be back healthy. He's favorite to win comeback player of the year. Uh, little sleeper pick. I saw Jameis is going off at 20 to one for comeback Ooh. player of the year. I think that's a really nice little sleeper pick. If you guys are, uh, you know, you like those prop bets for oh. uh, comeback player or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I don't think the Cowboys offense is going to hurt them. But again, uh, you know, Michael Parsons, I completely agree. That was a slam dunk pick. I think he's going to help them, especially like more long term. I do think rookie linebackers don't impact the game too much year one. Now, Michael Parsons is built different. And that guy, you know, he's going to come. He's going to be playing and starting from week one on. So, yeah, he ought to make an impact pretty quick. And I'm sure he'll get the hang of it by the time playoffs roll around. But I still just worry about their defense being able to keep them in the game. And if they're having to throw the whole game and everything else, it's just going to make it hard. Uh, 
But I completely agree. I think the Giants are great. I think Washington, that defense is unreal. Um, so it really it really just depends on kind of how everything works out with that division. We broke down the AFC West. That's who the NFC East has to play this year. So everyone's going to be playing uh, basically everyone. So, uh, you know. We'll see what happens. As I'm going on about that, just saw breaking news that yeah. OU and Texas will not renew their media rights uh, following expiration 2025. Y'all see that? I just saw that. It is, that is huge news coming out of the Big 12. Well, I, I, so that's some interesting news that too, Cole. I want to get your take on that. Um, we'll get we'll get. So we don't have much time left. I want to get to Deshaun Watson news. I want to get to Aaron Rodgers news. Um, but I kind of want to get your thoughts quickly on. Texas and OU, I mean, pretty much co-opting their way into the SEC. I mean, good luck. They're it depends on what it depends on what side they get allocated to. But I, there's going to be a reallocation of who of the conferences. It has to now. The conferences are already like out of whack after Missouri and Texas A&M join. If you look at them, they're not like proportionate, kind of like a you know a line. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're going to redo that. It's going to probably be Arkansas, OU, Texas, Missouri. And then maybe a Texas A&M in that conference, and then uh, you know fun, in that though. in that district, they'll play each other every year, and then they'll rotate around to make sure because you're going to have to make an adjustment because the schedule isn't large enough to fit an 18 team uh, schedule. So you're going to have to create four man conferences and then just rotate it around. But uh, you know, like, dude, when it comes down to it. When OU and Texas go and play in those big t- games, and I love OSU to death, that's the same exact thing. I'm a diehard Pokes fan. I went there. When we go play those teams, it's just different. Here's my argument now, Cole. Texas Texas can now pay their players the same amount that Alabama's paying their players legally. And Texas has Austin, where Joe Rogan lives. And teenagers love Joe Rogan. Okay, but that, that's not the deciding factor. What is the deciding factor, though, is what we talked about last time I was on the show, state income taxes. No, these players, no, as they get more educated, these players' unions or players' associations get formed, whoever are going to lead those, I really think that that's going to be a big-time struggle. They're going to – what I'm scared of happening is kind of like a fraternity mix happening. Mm. You know, and I was in a fraternity, but you're going to have to have these players' associations. You can't let these power-hungry adults get into – control of these because it all it does is become an ncaa thing because they're going to want their cut and it's just going to become a an interesting situation because the players association has to happen but it's just how you know trevor lawrence was leading that charge and you need individuals like him to take control of it saying your thoughts yeah i completely agree it does make it hard whenever you know, like Cole's saying, these are like 18-year-old kids when they're coming in, you know, they're high schoolers, 16, 17. Uh, so talking about where they're going and stuff, I, I just think they're really uh, impressionable. And if they're really like gunning for one school or whatnot, I think they're going to be able to be convinced easier. Uh, that's why it's so important to kind of get these things in place and get these older players uh, agreeing to it earlier. I think as far as like the entire move to the SEC, though, it's going to be uh, – it's really going to come down to the teams that are already in the SEC if they're going to vote to allow it. Uh, I was seeing a deal that said it only took four no votes for them to not be able to join the SEC. And supposedly Arkansas and either Ole Miss or Mississippi State, one of them, 
uh, is already against them joining. Now, I think money kind of dictates everything. If if it ends up being a better play for the whole conference, I think they're going to do it. Um, you're probably just going to see the weaker football schools be against it because they don't want an even worse chance of winning the SEC. But, you know, it definitely helps all the big schools yeah. like LSU, Alabama. Why would they not want to add OU and Texas into the prestige? Because then you're going to just have that drumbeat so much harder and louder about how great the SEC is. Yeah, and I think I think the smaller schools would probably get some of their uh, TV money cut too if some more schools joined into the into the conference. But I'm not too sure about any of that. The Longhorn Network has always been the main deterrent for yeah. everyone. Fact. Let's move on. Uh, we've got just under five minutes left. Let's quickly talk about Aaron Rodgers. Cole, go ahead. I mean, it's it's the last it's the last go. Hurrah, man! Uh, I don't sad. expect what's that. You sound sad. I mean, it's bittersweet. It, you know, you've known it's coming. It's a. Uh, I think one thing that people forget is, as a Packers fan, we had the same roster from basically 2008 all the way to 2014. That 2014 game when Seattle came back. Mm-hmm. And the NFC Championship game, we should have been in the Super Bowl. You know, we were winning by 16 with three minutes left in fourth quarter. And that whole debacle happens. Should have been in the Super Bowl, but the whole thing fell apart. Everyone cried for moves to be made. Well, now that we're under Goot and not Ted Thompson, we are making these moves. And no one is happy with them. You know, preparing for the future with Jordan Love. I think I've said it on the podcast, my very first appearance. Jordan Love was the second best quarterback in that draft. I stand by it. I think he's going to be great. It's just hard to watch the legend who is Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback to ever play. I don't care about Brady's rings or anything. Sure. Aaron Rodgers, if you watch him talent-wise, with everything that he's done, it's where, where Where is he playing next season? He's in Green Bay. Shane, but, where is he playing next season? Uh, you like as in 2021 season, like yep. the upcoming season? This upcoming yeah, I think season. he'll be in Green Bay. I think they just waited too long. They, yeah. they waited too long to make a move. Uh, now, like I was saying earlier, rosters are pretty much set. Like the Broncos already made their move for Teddy. They've got Drew and Teddy. I don't see them giving up a ton. Now, should they not play well and should Drew Locke not take that next step? I think they'll definitely want to make a move for either Deshaun or Rodgers. But – I mean, you saw all the stuff on Instagram over the weekend with Devontae Adams and Rodgers posting the Bulls stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it sounds like they're going to make one more run, and then Green Bay is going to look to kind of rebuild that uh, roster and build for the future. But I think they're going to make a run at the Super Bowl this year and try to win the NFC. So it, it sure looks like that's the move. Any team with a healthy uh, Aaron Rodgers is a definite – uh, Super Bowl contender. Now, Deshaun Watson, any, any team with the hell of Deshaun Watson is a Super Bowl contender. We saw that in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs where he had a 21-point lead at halftime. But Deshaun Watson's had a little bit of trouble since then. We haven't really discussed on the show, and we're not going to discuss that today because I don't like talking about any of that. And it's not really any of our business what's going on in the legal systems. But I'll just ask you quickly, Cole, what team is Deshaun Watson playing for next season if he is playing? The Dolphins. Wow. Wait, you're talking about 2021? Yes. Okay, no. I think that uh, they're going to end up having to sit on Deshaun Watson this year. I don't think that he's getting traded right now. I think, like kind of like Shane said with the Rodgers situation, they sit on it too long. You know, uh, everybody's already made their moves. But I do think as things get closer, 
the you know I don't think Tua is the answer. I never thought Tua was a. Uh, okay. I thought that he was a one-trick pony, and uh, there was a lot of bubble screens, a lot of slants hit over the middle with Alabama, and those receivers have done nothing but prove that. And that receiving core for Alabama is just unmatched, and basically you're going to see that. I don't care, you know, Waddles there, all of those guys are there, but I just don't think Tua is the guy. You agree with that, Shane? Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be Miami. I did see where Miami said that they would be open to making a move for Deshaun. Or people are believing that Miami would be open to making a move for Deshaun if the legal stuff clears up. Uh, I do think Tua is the guy, though. I think he just likes throwing to open receivers, and he doesn't like throwing receivers open like Fitz did. So I think that's why they made the move for Waddle, Will Fuller. Like, they went and got separators to help. Tua. So we should see. I think it'll be a lot better for him. He's a, another year removed from his hip injury. Um, and he ought to know the playbook and, you know, be rolling pretty well. But yeah, if he doesn't play well, I do think Miami's going to look to make a move pretty quick because that's a loaded defense and they rebuilt that roster well. Hey guys, sorry, some technical difficulties popped up uh, in the interview with Cole and Shane. So we're going to hop into this interview now with Dan Tom. We talk a lot about the UFC. We talk all about the heavyweight division. What's to come with John Jones? What's to come with Stipe Miocic? There's a lot, and he has all the answers coming right up after this break. Stick around. BYB is back. Hardcore Casual is back with friend of the program, recurring guest, host of the Protect Your Neck podcast, Dan Tom. Thank you for joining us again, buddy. Oh, it's awesome to be here, man. I love seeing your guys' shows pop up on my feed. I see the little icon there behind you where you're recording to peel back the curtain. Uh, it's great to be uh, be back on the show here, man. So, and to peek behind your curtain, is that real wood? No, fake. Fake. It's nice cloth back here. Nice cloth. Oh, it's a nice Where'd you get it? Amazon? Uh, where did it go online, man? Yeah, it was a crapshoot. Like, most of them came out bad, but this one was actually decent material, and Pretty much just kept it aside from my fun Fight Island drop, which still gets some use whenever the UFC goes there. Nice. And you should do the aerial pull of the bookcase. Hey, everybody's the bookcase, though, and I'm not that smart. So uh, I'm more of a movie guy. I'll do like a, they have like all my DVDs on display, you know, I'll do something like that instead. Before we get into fights, I know you don't have much time, but what was your whole take on the aerial situation? Uh, as far what the the just with his uh move uh, or yeah, departure the departure of ESPN and then uh, since then he was on Levitard show and you know uh, then back when Brendan Schaub you know pretty much threatened uh, Dana White said you know I'll spill all your secrets and uh, Errol Hawani even um, alluded to that uh, in a, in a conference in a press conference somewhere. Well, what do you make of all that? Wow, the last part I'm a little fuzzy on with the Brendan Schaub connection, um, unless it's like older stuff. It is, um, it is older, but it was referenced. Um, in an interview with Ariel. Mm. Yeah, you know, that tends to happen. I think it's human nature, right? When we leave job, friendship circle, any kind of relationship, right? Whether it's a friendship, um, relationship, work, working working relationship, right? I think any type of relationship um, is a little little natural, you know? Uh, It's hard, you know, it's like, even when you're in the right, sometimes it's not look good to maybe air out dirty laundry, right? that uh territory but none of the stuff he says is, is too surprising especially for those of us in the know um it's a pretty ruthless business how the sausage is made and uh ariel definitely exposed a lot of that like with hunter campbell and how oh, those things go even with uh, um 
I don't know if it was Ariel or if it was Big John, who um, they said uh, the the Kane Velasquez fight, the first one on Fox, he had a torn ACL going into that fight, and the UFC paid him an ungodly amount of money to continue in that fight. Yeah, yeah, that that is a uh, you know that's not that's not abnormal. In fact, you know, I, one of my biggest bets was betting against Kane. Um, I believe in his next loss, which would be against Fabricio Verdum, uh, because with you know the pressure that's on these athletes now that's not a, a normal one kane was a champion he b had a gateway to a market with the mexican market and c it was the the live date they were trying to make for the big fox debut um but however you know these fighters are, are pressured to go through a lot of injuries and, and still show up so and speaking of that, I mean, and I really don't want to talk about Connor. We we had Mike, Mikey P, Mike Pimbleson on uh, earlier today. And for the Mike's the man. Mike's the man. Mikey P, that's my guy. Um, this interview for the listeners is going to interview on Sunday. So we have nothing to listen to on Sunday. You get to listen to me and Dan, and hopefully Josh is going to join the festivities at some point. I don't want to talk about Connor for too long because we talked about him a little bit earlier. But how would, sure. you, how would you relate, like, you know, those injuries to uh, something that Con- – that, to the injury that Connor suffered in his last fight. Yeah, that's another reason why I, I didn't make too big of a deal to that, but that narrative, because all these fighters have to come in with some sort of injury. Um, all these injuries are compounded. So to get all crazy and like Sabruta film footage is, is kind of a, a waste of time, in my opinion. It takes away from other fighters. It takes away from Poirier, who I also believe was winning the fight, obviously, according to the judges' cards. Um, and probably, you know, would have would have won anyway. So it, it does take away from a uh, Poirier. So yeah, I, I, I don't like that. I've got a counterpoint. And I heard on Chell's podcast, Charles Oliveira was down 10-8 after the first round of Michael Chandler. Yeah, and that was Charles Oliveira though. And and Connor, Jax. you know, uh, Connor has not, you know, is more like Tyson or BJ Penn, where they they're excellent hammers, some of the best hammers in the sport. But they, they're not the nail very well. And Dustin, he yeah. traditionally gets better as the fight goes on. So the fact that he was doing so well early, uh, you know, again, it was trending really well for him. So I think history of both fighters will say that Dustin will take over more, uh, even if the fight wasn't going well, which it was going well for him. Whereas Connor, his best chances were going to be early. So, yeah. um, it, again, it's, it's real tough for the way that ended for all parties involved. Connor, uh, you never want to see anybody hurt like that. And again, now it takes away from the other parties involved too. That's why you're the best in the business. I mean, expressions like that, metaphors like that. I mean, if you're if you're not following Dan Tom on Twitter during fights, if you're, if you're unable to watch them, make sure you're following Dan Tom MMA on Twitter. He keeps you updated. He's got the scores exactly right. That man, he's the man amongst the men. So let's move to the heavyweight. Speaking of men, um, men against men, Francis Ngannou, of course, the champion. So, coming up in Houston, Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gaon for, I guess, it's some sort of belt. And it, I guess they're calling it an interim belt um, because it's in Houston. That's the only reason. Winner gets Francis, apparently. Let me get your first reactions when the fight was made. And how do you feel now about what's going down at 265? I didn't like it when it was made, um, you know, just because what it does to Francis, you know. Um, I feel like they've had contentious relationships since his failed bid for the title against Stipe the first time. And you can kind of sense that. And traditionally with Dana, that's not good to be on the wrong side of Dana. And I think we're seeing that uh, because they aren't giving him any wiggle room. You know, uh, we know how it turned around. We know how the offers and the timeline roughly went. 
And I know, you know, you got the narrative turned up from Ninganu's manager here and the narrative turned up from Dana there, but base bones, you got to feel bad for Francis. I don't feel like he's getting a fair shake here. Uh, as far as the matchup goes, I think it's a really interesting matchup. Um, it does set up nice narrative, uh, you know, in the UFC's, I don't want to say in their defense, because they're, they're definitely going to roll with it. They don't need me to defend them, but it does set up a nice narrative, whether it's the former training partner angle of gone wins or the rematch angle of Lewis wins. And uh, I don't know, man, it could be crazy. We could see gone winning the whole time until like Lewis knocks him out. Cause that's what Lewis does. Lewis loses until he wins. The, and my uh, analogy for the spire, when I'm telling people, people about it, it's like Sirogan is a better kickboxer. He's faster. He's stronger. Uh, he's a better athlete. He can jump higher. He can run faster. He has better grappling. He has better striking, better jujitsu. But I've got Derek Lewis by second round TKO. I like that breakdown. Yeah, I don't hate that breakdown at all, my man. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's, you know, mine might be similar. Who knows, Kyler, but that's not a bad breakdown. If you're putting money on anything else, you're losing money. That's true, too. You don't want to bet, you know, bet that heavyweight chalk. Anything can happen. And, you know, Derek Lewis tends to have those nice plus numbers next to his name in Houston? as an underdog. So, yeah, and he's got the home court advantage. Undefeated in Houston. So, uh, you sharps out there, make sure you remember that. H-town. So, speaking H-town. of heavyweights, this weekend we've got another big matchup Curtis Blades, Jarzinho Rosenstruck. That's a real sleeper. I think it's the fourth fourth card on the fight. Um, I think it's the next weekend, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I believe it's the following weekend. Yeah, yeah, it, is yeah following it should weekend. be on that right, card, right. sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's another one, you know, because Jarzinho Rosenstruck, he's got kind of his own Derek Lewis vibes because he doesn't throw a lot of volume, so he kind of loses until he wins. And, you know, we saw what happened uh, to Curtis Blade last time. Um, you know, again, I, I picked that to happen, but it wasn't a confident pick. So does, does Blades learn off of that? Um, that's going to be interesting. He's only got three rounds as opposed to a five-rounder. So that, I, think, yeah. I think that's really good for uh, Curtis Blades there. But yeah. that's an interesting one. I think Curtis Blades wrestled the fuck out of him for three rounds. And yeah, decision. probably. Hopefully, he yep. should have done that to Derek Lewis. And honestly, he was winning the fight before he shot that. Uh, that was the worst takedown I've ever seen attempted in my life. He didn't, he didn't throw a punch. He didn't throw a kick. He literally just dove into his right hand. That and was rough. That was rough. That's Herb Dean's fault. Yeah. My, my question quote. is, Great go quote. ahead. Josh, you there? What's going on with Josh? All right, Josh. I made it. I'm here. Okay, Josh is dead. Oh man, I see. I see Josh's handsome avatar on the screen. So there he is. There he is. There he is. Team handsome in the house. What's up, brother? My question is, where does John Jones? Oh, it was the. I was muted. That's the problem, boys. I'm here. I'm sorry. I, I was <laughs> muted. I I came in like a wrecking ball. Just you know, doing what I can for the interview. Sorry, I'm late, Dan. I was uh, running some errands for uh, my wife at Target. I told Kyler that a five-minute trip can turn into a 30-minute trip and cost a lot more money than you originally anticipate. Dude, I know that. And I'm, you know, and I'm just going to go straight into uh, one of the big things. I know that y'all were probably in the middle of something. But, uh, Dan, you know, I talk about being an expensive trip. You're winning everybody all kinds of money. It's I been, see it's... everybody giving you props on Twitter. It's been nice, man. It's been, a, you know, 2021 has been a tough, uh, you know, you know, as far as gambling or predictions go. So I'll take the couple winning weeks in the hot hand, man. It's been, it's been, it's been nice. Love it. 
I mean, and I've, I've, I'm one of those lucky recipients, so uh, I sure appreciate it. <laughs> my man, my man. So uh, You guys know what's up. Well, so, uh, like speaking, I told you guys, I'm excited to see your guys' show pop up on my feed too, so man, it's all love. Man, we appreciate you, man. So last question with the heavyweights. Where does John Jones, and for that matter, the, the, the greatest heavyweight of all time, Steve Miocic, how do they fit in the picture? I would love to still see them fight each other and, and dig up that match from a few years ago that almost happened, right? Uh, because Stipe, I think he's only got, you know, fun fights, I think, for him. I don't want to see, you know, Stipe, although he'll probably be used to build another guy up. If he wants to keep fighting, we'll see what his eye looks like. I think that's the big question with Stipe, where it's not so much a health issue with John. It's more of that contract issue. Again, you know, he's he's been on the wrong side with Dana White and even his own management, we found out for years. So, John Jones has been a real kind of loose operative out there in New Mexico, man. He's been doing his own thing. Um, I'm not feeling great about the heavyweight, uh, you know, uh, debut. Um, the more time, the better on paper, but maybe not necessarily because, you know, um, now we're getting into layoff territory and whatnot. So I'm real curious on what that'll be. Uh, but I feel like you could pivot to Jones or Stipe with winners and losers from the, from the top title mix, right? Uh, but I, I think they probably try to insert John into a title fight if they're able to get a deal with him. Just seems so hard to deal. You got to imagine each side wants to maximize that deal. So uh, let's move on to the middleweights. Izzy versus Whitaker. Is that booked yet? No, uh, because uh, Whitaker couldn't do a turnaround, and uh, that, that Izzy wanted, right? So that's why Izzy had the uh, the Vittori fight. He comes out of that. Um, I don't believe he's got any injuries or anything like that. I know he just secured a, a massive deal with that crypto.com, one of the only fighters to get paid uh, for that. But uh, so maybe he's not in a rush to get back in there, um, but neither is Whitaker. And that's the fight to make. That's definitely the fight to make. You know, um, I, I really want to see that fight as a fan. And I don't, I don't say that much these days, <laughs> but that's a fight that really, you know, gets yeah. me excited. Uh, so I, I hope, I hope they get in the books soon. And the crazy thing about, about Izzy is like he fought a month ago, but it seems like I haven't seen him forever. And I really want to see him fight again. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's done quick turnarounds before. So he may, you know, you look at fighters' trends. And, you know, as they get deeper into their championship runs and their careers, the fight schedule slows down, unfortunately, for us fans. Right. So we'll see if Izzy starts hitting that trend here. I hope not. I hope they get something on the books. But, you know, we'll see. He's doing well either way. Okay. All right. Uh, so gun to your head, two questions here. Gun, you have to answer them. Who is Conor McGregor's next fight? Gun to my head. I, uh, I do think that it's about time for the Nate Diaz card. The problem with a lot of the names that are being mentioned is everybody's on different activity schedules. A lot of people want to be active soon, uh, whereas Connor can't. He's probably not going to be back till 2022. And Nate Diaz, as we've seen, back to my point, when fighters get deeper into their schedules, their fights get spaced out. Uh, Nate Diaz is definitely one of those fighters. You know, coming off of year or two-year layoffs have almost been a normal thing for him since 2016. So uh, he's a fighter that realistically makes sense and realistically uh, is doable. Okay. And Connor should win that fight, right? You know, that is one, even coming back with peg leg Connor, he still has a really good chance to win it because Nate Diaz isn't going to wrestle him and Nate Diaz isn't going to leg kick him. So <laughs> Connor's going to get his boxing match. So yeah, I like, I, I still, I still like his chances even in that one. I like Nate. I like Nate in the trilogy. So uh, my last gun to your question, who wins next month? Uh, Bo boxing mat boxing bout jake paul tyron woodley that's so tough oh my goodness i'm 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 gonna do my mma bias i'm gonna hope tyron woodley 
you know, can do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, silver lining, I guess I'll be lo- losing a less annoying Paul brother. Cause you know, Jake actually talks about fighter pay rights, which I appreciate. So, you know, Jake, for whatever think, that's worth. I think Brendan said it. I mean, Jake is doing the Lord's work. I mean, he's out here trying to get these fighters paid. Hey man. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? At, at least he's, he's, he is uh, both giving the MMA fighters their paychecks and putting that spotlight, you know, obviously there's a lot of his own selfish and, and, and stuff, you know, building his own brand, which, Hey, you know, that's what you, you got to do. But, you know, yeah, I'm giving it credit where credit's due. You know, he is at least doing that. Hopefully it helps. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious to see what, 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 what kind of shape Woodley's in. This is like 190, you know, catch weight. That's like, you know, Woodley, get, get, does he get to walk around at his walking weight or does he come in heavier with that allotment, which could be bad. So it's going to be interesting, that 190-pound weight weight limit. Gun to your head. I'm going Tyron Woodley. I think I've got Woodley too. One thing, and you kind of hit on it. One thing that he's really doing is just highlighting the sport of boxing. You know, he's talked about, you know, fighters pay and stuff, but just giving a little bit of umph to a sport that was kind of falling off. A lot of people were saying, so, you know, like him, love him, hate him, whatever. He's doing a lot of good things for, for the sport world right now. I hope, I hope it does. Yeah. Cause boxing has a lot of fighters that are worth paying attention to. I don't, I don't pay attention to their numbers that well, so I can't weigh in on that, uh, much less on the effect it's going to have. But I hope it does because, you know, just like the uh, MMA fighters, they're combat sports mm-hmm. fighters. They don't have a lot of leverage going for them. So anything that could tip the scales in their favor, I'm definitely for. Sure. So this is my last question, and I mean, I'm sure we've got some more stuff to chop it up about if you got to, got a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm good for another five. Should Figgy immediately get the rematch? I mean, Moreno came out today and said that he thinks uh, Figueredo should have to face another opponent. And I somewhat agree with him after, you know, a hard-fought draw. And where Figueredo has proven that he can't make or has a lot of trouble making weight at 125. I think he should at least fight one more guy at 125, make sure he can make the weight, or move up to 135 where I think he could be a real contender. I agree. I'm not sure where Figueredo stands. Last time I, ch- I heard, I thought he wanted to maybe go back to 135 because of those weight cut issues. And it's hard to say because he gets represented by Waleed Ishmael. And that guy just like you saw with the Mandalamo uh, these past week uh, for the listeners out there or, or weeks. Uh, he doesn't exactly translate accurately. He's kind of talking for Waleed out there. So you never know what his fighters really are saying unless you speak Portuguese. Um, but I would like to see Figueredo 135. Like my dream fight is to see him and Peter Jan fight. Uh, but if he does want a rematch, then I agree with what you said, Kyler. Give him a fight to make sure you make the weight. Um, and let's let's change it up. Uh, well, let's see some fresh matchmaking anyways. Let's see him fight Askarov because that's the dude that Moreno went to a draw with uh, a couple of years back, and that was a war. I love that fight. I think Askarov's already on the books for something, but okay. I still love that fight. I really love, I love that matchmaking. That, that's, that's good solid matchmaking. That, that, Sean Shelby should hire me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what's up, uh, what week is the uh, two sixty six is where they have like four, um, five round fights, right? At least three, something like that. It, it, it's shaking out to be that way, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the um, Volkanovski Ortega. So it's uh, September twenty fifth. Can we go ahead and book you for that week? Let's do it. Uh, yeah, just just hit me in the uh, hit me in the DM so I can write it in my calendar. Perfect. Appreciate we'll get you. We'll, we'll get me pre fight for that one. Absolutely. Thank you, man. what's up i real quick i just uh, i saw a tweet uh right before i was logging in on this call that's another reason i was late i was 
getting my last minute, you know, Twitter scroll in. And I saw the, uh, what you tweeted just a few minutes ago, squatting after being out for a while. So, uh, what are you getting, getting ready to train you, uh, getting in the octagon? Uh, I don't know about that, but I, you know, at this age, I got to get in shape to get back into shape. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. even get, just getting back and forget training martial arts, even getting back into shape, I could hurt myself at yeah. this point in my, my wear and tear. Uh, so I almost have to, you know, do a little pre-workout for the harder workouts and those harder workouts will hopefully get me ready just to get back in the dang gym. Cause that is the goal right now, man. I miss it. Especially rolling yeah, well, you talked about, yeah, you talked, you talked about the, uh, the fight schedule slowing down. Everybody gets bored. So what better time to start getting back in shape? Yeah. I don't know That's if the fight schedule I'm... ever slows down, but yeah, you, you, you got to make time for it sometime. Otherwise, you know, you're going, you go nuts. So, uh, you know, it feels good. I had, I had some injuries. Um, I had to clear and stuff, so I haven't been able to like, physically do a squat or throw some weights around in, 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 a, in a few weeks now. So that's kind of been crappy. And yeah, that first one back, you always get that just walking around funny. Nice. Yeah, my wife's a uh, my wife's a fitness trainer, so she's got me at the gym. I'm up every morning at 4:30 nice. and headed that's to the gym. Up. So I I've been I've, she's been killing me. We're getting ready to uh, go hiking in a bunch of national parks this weekend, so I'm uh, I'm trying to get in shape myself. So whenever we head out to Vegas. Before we go out and grab the beer that you owe me, we'll go hit the gym. Nice, man. Or if you need some uh, recommendations on hikes out here, I'll give you those too. That's awesome. And that, what a score is that? You, you know, you, your lady also uh, helps you out in that department. That's that's some um, that's awesome, man. That's going to win right there, brother. Goals. Yeah. Well, you talk about marrying up. That's exactly what I did. So I appreciate that. Kicking out of the My coverage, man. as they say. Dan Tom, man. follow him. <laughs> At Dan Tom MMA, subscribe to this podcast, Protect Your Neck, Protect Your Neck Podcast. I always mess it up. Protect Your Neck Podcast at Dan Tom MMA. Thank you once again, buddy. Appreciate you guys, man. Always a pleasure.